gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Sunday. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts, all the latest news, rumors, stuff like that. Results, of course. It was a UFC. It was UFC Fight Night 214. So we'll discuss the results from there. A few more ranked fighters on this card than the previous one. So it made it for a little bit more of a digestible card on a Saturday night when there was tons of football and soccer and World Series and everything else. We also have Christian Lee to chat with. He is the one championship lightweight champion. He's going to try and move up and capture another belt. So we'll talk to him about that as well. Excited to talk to you as always. It's Sunday, November 6th for your Monday, November 7th delivery. I just remembered, goes. It's uh, Woody's birthday tomorrow. So, saying November seventh delivery reminded me of that. Yeah, I'll have to give him a holla. Anyway, so this weekend was fun. The fall is always a blast. And aside from mixed martial arts, I just feel like there's always something going on in combat sports. That can kind of keep us uh, chatting. And, you know, I was looking at a funny video earlier goes because last week, of course, we had Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. And (laughs) this past or yeah, yesterday I'm watching the president of BKFC, David Feldman, get in this in this scuffle. Actually, he was trying to break it up. So he got in it by trying to break it up. But I watched it in slow motion from different angles. He was pissed, man, because the other angle that I saw, I saw him take the uh, combatant down and then kind of just push on his face. But you could tell it was a frustration, like, how dare you or what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. So what what had happened was that guy that he tackled, he headbutted intentionally the other guy twice. He got disqualified. The other guy flipped them the two fingers, the two birds, and then chaos ensued, right? So Feldman got in there, and it was uh, it was pretty funny. Anyway, but, yeah, like like I said, there's just a, uh, always a lot going on in the world of combat sports, um, aside from, you know, obviously MMA. And I like that. I like that, especially in the fall when there's so many other things going on. I but, feel like we jinxed him. David Feldman? Yeah, didn't we ask him a couple times? Like, Because he's had a, a couple uh, stare downs that have kind of gotten close to getting really out of hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he gets into it. So, mm. Yeah, he the way he answered the question was basically along the lines of, of course, I like some of it, the fisticuffs, you know, the stuff that happens either at the event 
or uh, during the weigh-ins, but he doesn't want it to go much further than like what happened at the MGM before UFC 178, I believe, with John Jones and Daniel Cormier, where it spilled out into the public, and and now it becomes a, a black stain on on the event, on the promotion, on the sport. He 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 doesn't want that, but. Does he want someone shoving someone else? Sure. We don't want, uh, who was it, Jakar Close that kind of snapped his neck, right, when Jeremy Stevens pushed him? Yeah. We don't want that. We want the shove. We just don't want that. But that doesn't happen too often. So keep shoving, fighters. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, and, and, heck, I think Jakar's even fought since then, thankfully. And it's not like I didn't believe him. That was a pretty good uh, shove. But... The only other one I could tell that was uh, an incident. Well, there's a couple incidents that could have gotten ugly. Obviously, Conor McGregor and, and the Diaz and the water bottle throwing incident. And then everything that's been going on with, you know, Hamzat and at the PI. That looked like Paulo Costa and Jake Shields against 10 Russians. You know, at, at, at uh, Planet Hollywood, the Russians against the 209 crew. Mm, you know, that was in in the little public square there. So uh, you, you definitely don't want that. But Hamzat kicking Kevin Holland, I don't lose too much sleep over that. Yeah, I mean, eh, it's going to happen. But uh, a guy like Hamzat that's done it a couple times now in such a short period of time, you kind of have to – you really have to put uh, something on him, right? Like you, you – because it's just going to get worse. It's not like uh, it's not like somebody threw a water bottle and hit him in his face and, and he went off, right? Like, these have been kind of like minor things, dude, that, that fighters just go through. So it can get carried away, man. We've seen thing, crazy things happen in boxing. But, uh, well, where I think it could get scary is like with what Habib did when it spills over into the public. Yeah. And yes. So I was just about to say, the one thing I've never felt like I've sweated is guns or knives at the at these uh, at these these things, right? Like we had the fight over at Palms with Ali and Usman and Colby pushing, mm-hmm. shoving, maybe a punch. But I feel like they handle it like men, like there there's never really been um you know, a box cutter or a knife or or or, or something like that. I mean, at least in the UFC, surrounding the UFC. Uh there's the incident in London, you know, but they couldn't control what happened after the UFC had done. And then they go to the nightclub and then hours later they spill out into the, oh, into the like that's, you know, that's something different. But I'm talking about just kind of like the stuff around the UFC events. Um, three piece in a soda. Three piece in a soda. Yeah. I mean, George and Jump and Colby. I kind of expected it to happen, but uh, I hope that doesn't slow down their careers, you know, with one guy suing the other. And maybe they got to sort that out. I've heard that that's not the holdup for both guys not fighting because they haven't fought since March. But um, we haven't seen either one, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not getting any younger. But anyway, so, yeah, Feldman, the tackle, cool stuff. I liked it. UFC Fight Night 214. It took place this past Saturday here in Las Vegas. Let's go over that. It is fight week. 
And we're going to definitely be talking about UFC 281 that's coming up here on Saturday, November 12th. We have a UFC 281 watch along, myself and Goes, and I believe Eric Nixick's going to join us for that. John Orlando at the Sticky Paws studio here in Las Vegas. So we'll be with you for nine fights at the regular time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to watch those fights. So all week you're going to see all kinds of reminders from us. We're going to feed you guys the embedded so you can get excited about what's happening behind the scenes uh, on fight week. You know, links to pre-fight interviews, the press conferences, the weigh-ins, all that stuff. So keep it locked on MMA Junkie. But before all that, this past weekend, UFC Fight Night 214 had Amanda Lemos defeating Marina Rodriguez in the main event. It was stopped in the third round, goes. <clears throat> Amanda Lemos delivered, delivered some punches, a couple three pieces in a soda there, to Marina Rodriguez, and Jason Herzog stopped it while Marina Rodriguez was on her feet. Now, she did get tagged pretty good. However, when he stopped it, she had covered up and gotten hit by a few, but a few also didn't get through. Amanda Lemos was pretty relentless. I'll give her that. But uh, um, Marina was still on her feet and immediately contested mm-hmm. the, the decision to stop it. You know, even though she said stuff like, hey, look, it's in the past. It's done. Every time she's asked about it, she's like, yeah, man, this thing needs to go a little bit further. I'm a professional fighter. I I kind of show up expecting to take some damage. What did you think of the stoppage? Uh, of this fight did you think it was fair or too soon or, or or what um i think this is one this doesn't happen to me too often i hear a lot of people talk about it but it's one of those where i think you i listened to the commentators more than i paid attention to the situation and the commentators made it sound like she's out like she's standing you know after i think it was the knee right that initiated everything um that she was already kind of out at that point and and i think she was rocked and who knows maybe if jason herzog doesn't step in maybe it goes in that direction where uh she gets completely finished but to me it looked like she was bouncing back from whatever it was that she was suffering from which to me wasn't all that bad mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've seen way worse we've seen fighters like barely able to stand up she didn't seem like she was in that position she just seemed like she was on the verge of probably get excuse me getting crushed maybe but you know all it takes is a, a shot or something and the situation all changes you know if she would have shot on her and grabbed a hold of her for a second she just seemed like she was closer to coming back than she was getting knocked out and um, it's not the absolute most horrific thing you've ever seen, but I think it's fair to say that it, it probably got stopped a little too early. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. As, uh, for one, she was standing. And when you're out, I think of Ronda Rousey when she was out against Amanda Nunez. Mm-hmm. Remember, she was so out that she kind of was like Roddy Roddy Piper, like dum, 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 you know, like if Herb Dean doesn't hold her, I believe he was the ref. If he doesn't hold her, like she literally just goes face plant into the canvas, right? Marina Rodriguez was not at that stage. Um, 
you know, am I going to pick it? You know, until they reverse this decision, I will not watch MMA. No, I'm not. That's the thing about the sport is we just turn the page. Fair or unfair? It's unfair to Marina Rodriguez. Let her voice her opinion. Let her speak out, whatever. If she sounds like a, a poor sport, let it be. You know, the result ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to change anything. Hopefully she gets a fight booking soon if she's ready to go. But that sucked. That really, really did suck. I thought Jason jumped in there um, a bit too soon. I have the biggest respect for those guys. For one, they're there. I'm at home. So he's feeling it, seeing it, and hearing it a lot better than any of us, including the commentators or any of the officials or the cornermen. And we trust them. If we didn't, then we'd say, no, 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 no. You'd hear a lot of camps going, no, 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 no. Herzog can't do this or my guy won't fight. Give me another, you know. No, we, we trust in these guys and gals. Although I haven't seen a female ref in a while, but we trust them to do the job. And he did it, but my honest assessment is it was too soon. And it's unfortunate because in our game, uh, Lemos is going to want to move on. She's already talking about possibly being... Well, for one, she wants to be a replacement. I, I can respect that. Hey, mm-hmm. pay me 50 grand or whatever to be ready to fight for the title. And if I do fight for the title, then obviously pay me more. But if not, at least give me the 50 to just be there and cut the weight or whatever. But let's not forget, Rose Namajunas still exists. And Rose Namajunas is 2-0 and against Jean Whaley. She's 0-2 against Carlos Barza. But if Jean Whaley wins... How is Rose Namajunas not going to somehow be a player? Even though she's coming off that snoozer, she's 2-0 against John Whaley. Super popular. Everybody loves her. So I just think Amanda Lemos needs to tap the brakes a little bit. You know, Uh, Again, I I appreciate her uh, wanting to put herself out there like that. Okay. But I don't want to see Lemos against Rodriguez uh, unless they both get an unbelievable offer and, and get some pretty good payday to maybe fight in Rio and, and, you know, make the bosses happy. I don't know. But I, I like Limo saying I'm moving on. I just think she jumped too too forward there. So whatever happens is, is fine. And and so Marina Rodriguez is just going to have to take a, another fight with somebody, you know, to see what she can do. Now, this is her first, second lot. Wait, I believe first loss in the UFC. First knockout loss. I know that. First stoppage loss. She's only lost twice. So Rodriguez has put together a nice little resume. She ain't going to fall too far off. And with this little controversy, I think she'll be um, okay. But, boy, now she was in a good position. Had she won against mm-hmm. she really could have said, no, 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 no. All respect to Rose, but I'm on an amazing streak here. I've beaten Young Jonan, Mackenzie Dern, now Amanda Lemos, and some other girls. And I only have a split, de- split decision loss to Carla Sparza, which answers my question. She did have a UFC loss. I, I, I'm in this mix, you know, but uh, it ended the way it ended, man. That's that's where we're at. I actually didn't have a problem with anything Lemos said, uh, just because you never know with Thug Rose. You know, sometimes she feel you feel like she has a foot out the door anyway, um, but she doesn't say much herself, right? So I'm I'm glad uh, Lemos did that, but it is kind of an uphill climb. I guess, but you're right. Rodriguez, man, I hate to say it. She kind of shit the bed because she was in a really, really good spot career wise. And I feel like, and it's nothing against Lemos. I, I think she's a good fighter. 
And I even said it before the fight started. I felt like she was going to give her a little bit better of a fight than what the odds were dictating. But if they fought 10 times, I don't think it would go that like that. Well, Lemos, the one negative she has is she gasses. And Marina Rodriguez did not put her through the fire. Uh, she should have been. She's usually more tired when she reaches the third round. And they were scheduled to go five. And it looked like maybe Marina was going to turn it on. But they only went like 40-some seconds in round three. So we really don't know. But Marina is a slow starter, kind of like Peter Yan. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, when you get to these fights against someone else that, that is a killer like you are, I don't know that you can afford to just give away a round because when they go and the winner by split decision, sometimes it's not round five that decides it. It's round one. You guys mm-hmm. may have split two and three, four and five, and then we go back and go, holy crap, how'd you score round one again? And then everyone's thinking it's that it's that round. They were feeling each other out. Not much happened. And and, and that's the, they're all equal in that sense. So Marina Rodriguez in that regard, yeah, she really, really messed up because she was just putting herself, backing herself into a position. And you just never know when someone's all of a sudden going to be, you know, when their cardio is going to be a little bit better or whatever. But when we watched Limo's fight, she tends to really, really slow down. Well, you need to start making her pay for some of that, you know, and to just not have that kind of output in the biggest fight of your life. Now look at you, you know, like that really kind of was an, in a way a poor performance. What's saving her is the controversial stoppage but really before that we weren't watching a fight of the year candidate not at all i think she underestimated her to be honest I don't, it didn't seem like she took it all that serious yeah agreed in the coming event neil magny he took it serious he defeated daniel rodriguez and uh he took home a bonus and he also got himself a submission win and so now he has the most stoppages in the welterweight division. How cool is that? For a guy that maybe not a, has never worn gold, he got a lot of respect by a lot no. of people. I think he's got the most wins in the welterweight most division. Most wins in the welterweight division. Okay. Yeah. 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 Congrats to him, man. He, what a stud. Dude, that is not easy to do. That's so, like, you have to understand, there are a lot of people that don't even have 20 fights in the UFC, let alone 20 wins. You know, that's a very difficult thing to do, especially in a, in a sport where you're just constantly trying to behead the person in front of you. Um, for him to just be so consistent to have that many wins. And yeah, he has his losses. But um, just think about the consistency that that takes throughout the years and the dedication, how much goes into every training camp and all that. Like, do this guy... Uh, is kind of like a model citizen, and he was super humble in everything that he said, you know? Yeah, because his name got thrown into the mix with GSP because of mm-hmm. that record. Like you said, most wins in the welterweight division. He immediately said, man, I ain't no GSP. But what he also wanted to make sure everybody got um, through their head is he ain't no gatekeeper either. Right, yeah. It, seemed, it was funny because I think that was like the first thing Cormier brought up. Um I've heard fighters react differently to this. I've seen some fighters get completely offended. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen some fighters say, well, hey, if I'm if I'm that guy, it must mean I'm, I'm doing pretty good in my career. You know, I, there's still room to improve, but uh, it means I'm a pretty tough guy. It all depends. 
I think is, are you the gatekeeper to the top 15? Well, I probably wouldn't like that too much because that means I'm probably like 15, 14. Maybe that means you're, you're like Coco Beware, right? If you're that guy. Well, was he was he considered a jobber? He wasn't a jobber, but he did enough for you to go, okay, you know, you got to win over Coco Beware or whatever. <laughs> I, need to, I need to look out for this guy. I don't know about Coco Beware goes. You better maybe promote him a little bit more. Top, top 15? Like if if you're, uh, yeah, whatever, like for the Intercontinental Strap, uh, if you're the gatekeeper to those 15 guys, you're probably Coco Beware, I think. Then if if Was you're Coco like. Beware, uh, like Rene Goulet and Steve Lombardo and, and those jobbers that just. No, no, those guys are a class below. Because I, I think like okay. Coco Beware, wasn't he like a tag team champ once? It's just the name. Coco Beware kind of sounds jobberish. Uh-huh. And I believe he jobbed before. So he probably took his game up. Like Steve Lombardo became the Brooklyn Brawler. And I think he started getting a few more wins. But yeah, well. um. What I was gonna say was, if you're if you're the gatekeeper to the top fifteen, then you're probably like, bitch, you know, I'm I'm a couple wins away from being considered for the title. But if you're Colby Covington, up until when Camaro lost to Leon, he was the gatekeeper to the title, right? You know, he could say, all right, so I lost to Camaro twice, but I took two rounds from him in in the first fight. It was two two going into round five before he broke my jaw and the fight ended. Actually, I think he broke it in the third, and he fought two rounds with a broken jaw. Respect there, man. And then in this last fight, remember, this one was close, too. It went down to the fifth round. Um, So that's a respectable gatekeeper because basically, you know, you have the king, and I guess this guy's the prince or however you want to look at it. Um, I think Neil Magny's probably like the like Alfred or something. You want to see Bruce Wayne? Well, he answers the door. You know what I mean? Alfred. Well, no. Wouldn't he be like Green Lantern or someone like that? How about this? If you wanted to talk to Tony Soprano, you had to go through Syl, because Syl was his conciliary, right, in Sopranos? Right. So Colby's Syl. Usman. Bear with me. Pretend he hasn't lost Edwards. He was Tony. And Colby was still. And to me, I felt like Magni was... Um, Bacala? Yeah, kind of like Bacala. He wasn't he wasn't Pauly, which is another confidant, or Christopher Maltesanti. He was kind of like Bacala. Like, yeah, yeah, you hang out with Junior or whatever. However, Coco Beware, to me, I feel like he's... Um, no, 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 but Coco Beware is, is the gatekeeper to the top 15. Like, if you want to get into the top 15, you got to go through Coco Beware. Uh-huh. I'm not saying he's a gatekeeper at the top. Yeah, no way. That, that's not him. That's right. way offensive. I'm talking about if you want to even, if if they go, hey, the top 15 are in this room right here. You want to talk to them? You got to go through Coco Beware is what I'm saying. You I'm not saying, like, if you want to talk to Leon Edwards, you got to go through Coco Beware. I picture Coco Beware like Brendan, Chris's friend, when they were first coming up in the world. <laughs> About I, think that. Got, I think he got killed in a in a in a bathtub or something like that. Yeah. That's like where I remember Coco Beware. I, I don't remember anyone making a big deal out of him when he walked down the ramp at Raw or nothing like that. All right. All right. All right. Well, anyway, Neil Magny, don't call him a gatekeeper. He's a G. He's got most wins in the welterweight division. 
Hopefully he gets another contract. Hopefully he gets another good fighter. He's saying, how about Gilbert Burns? And I believe on Junkie, I saw that Gilbert Burns may have already replied to him, right? Uh, Wait, somebody did. It wasn't Gilbert Burns. Who was yeah. the one that said, hey, I just, I'm, I'm too tired or something. I need time off or something like that. That's what Charles Oliveira said. That's to... right. Yeah. <sighs> Who did he, he said that to uh, Gamrov. Oh, was it again? I, I thought it was Physio. Yeah. I thought he said it to Physio. Oh, Leave me alone. Yeah. So yeah. here it is. He it, Burns did respond. Burns responded. Hold on. I got it right here. Um, congrats, Neil Magny. Last time I heard UFC said I have an opponent for Brazil. If he doesn't show up, we can dance. I'm 100% to make this fight happen. For now, great finish and congrats on your record. Man, always classy. I love it. Um, and, and, and Magny was respectful. You know, he said, I love competition. This is his quote. You look at my last fight, I lost by submission, and it really frustrated me. Gilbert, remember, that was Shavcat that got him. Gilbert Burns is, in my opinion, the best grappler in the division right now. So for me to go out there and test myself against another great grappler just shows me, like, am I going to chalk this up to my fight? Am I going to chalk up my last fight to a loss? I feel like I did a lot growing in that fight against Shavcat, and I feel like challenging myself in a, in a fight against Gilbert Burns to go out and show it. So there you go. That's what's happening there. Um, and congrats to Bangney for that record, like Gilbert Burns said. That was cool. And speaking of the bonuses, let's get that out of the way. Magni got one. Mario Mario Batista got one. Pollyanna Vienna got one. And Tamiris Vidal got one. There was no fight of the night. There was four fighters that missed weight, by the way. Grant Dawson, Mario Batista, Jake Hadley, and Tamiris Vidal. Sorry, Carlos Candelario missed it. And I believe it may have been uh, Pasquale. Sorry, Pasquale, Candelario, Benita Lopez, and Grant Dawson. Now, the first three got fined 20% by the commission. For some reason, Dawson was fined 30%. Now, I believe what happened, and a lot of people don't know this, so Dawson was fighting Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen can choose to take the fight or not, but he can also choose to take more of the percentage. So 20% might go to the to commission. Um, Grant Dawson, and I think usually the commission gives it to the fighter, but that's where Grant Dawson, or sorry, Mark Madsen go, well, I want 30. And then Grant Dawson has to decide if he, if he wants that or 40 or whatever. So that's, that may have been what happened, but I went over this a few times and it was the first three, it was only 20%, but this one was, uh, 30%. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Something that, uh, of the scenarios, I mean, I, I can't think of it being anything other than that. I would imagine that that, but that's kind of like a dangerous game to play too. Because what if he just comes back and says, "All right, then I'm not fighting." I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't. He's helping them out. You know what I'm saying? And there's a good chance the UFC might just write a little check under the table too. Um, Because yeah, all right, he didn't make weight, but the situation too wasn't the most ideal. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him because there are fighters that still do that. But. you know, I love all the things he said. I'll never miss weight again, and he apologized for it. But he looked tremendous. He did. Here are the winners. Shailen Nurdenbecki defeated Derek Minner. Uh, Tagir Ulenbekov defeated Nate Manis. Grant Dawson defeated Mark Madsen. That was Mark Madsen's first loss ever. 
in MMA. Miranda Maverick defeated Shanna Young. Mario Batista defeated Benito Lopez. Pollyanna Viana defeated Jin Yu Fry. Johnny Munoz Jr. defeated Ludwig uh, Shalinian. Jay Cadley defeated Carlos Candelario. And Tamiris Vidal defeated Ramona Pasquale. Now, we had a lot of finishes, goes. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know if you picked up on that, but Especially a lot the ladies. of ladies in the first round. Yeah, the ladies got some finishes. The only decisions on Saturday night were Miranda Maverick against Shanna Young and Johnny Munoz, Munoz Jr. over Ludwig uh, Shalinian. Other than that, everything else was a finish. So that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was stoked that uh, finishes from strikes, you know, from the ladies, you don't see that that often. Um, but even Pollyanna Viana's was, was pretty nice. Now that one, Excuse that me. one, I agree where that's, that's the kind of feeling where you get, oh my God, okay, yeah, that, got, that needs to get stopped. Right. And that could have very well been the situation had the fight gone on in the main event. But I didn't feel like we were going in that way. I felt like we were going the other way. But yeah. that's my, my take. No, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, that was a solid, solid win for Pollyanna Vienna. And uh, a, a clear-cut finish in the first round, 47 seconds. Tagir Ulenbekov. Uh, submitted Nate Manis, like I said, and then Madsen got his first loss. So, like I say, this one had a few more storylines to talk about. I think Miranda Mavericks is, you know, a really, really good fighter, and she even got a 10 8 in there against Shannon Young. So, kudos to her. Um, Jay Cadley, we've talked to him when he's been at Cage Warriors, and now him coming over to the UFC, he's got a proper win in the UFC finally. So, that was big. I think he's. Um, a future contender at 125 pounds. I like Jake Hadley. Man, the the weight thing sucks, but yeah. Um, hopefully he, he made it. It was Candelario did that missed it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I I said it incorrectly the first time. Um, okay, so that's the last fight night before UFC 281. That means this week, if it hasn't already, the embeddeds are going to start dropping. And we're going to get uh, a countdown show. So it's a big card, folks. Two title fights, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pajeda. And uh, Carla Esparza defends against Zhang Weili. And then a hell of a feature about Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. And Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along. For UFC 281, Saturday at 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, here on MMA Junkie. All you do is come to MMA Junkie. You'll see a post that says, watch along. Hit that post, and boom, we'll pop up. We'll be there. Eric Nixick's going to join us, and we're going to be watching the fights along with y'all. This is especially beneficial to those of you that don't want to order the pay-per-view. We get it. $74.99 is a lot. Can't make them all, right? You can't, you can't get them all. Uh, so if you sit any out, we will tell you. We'll be your eyes and ears. We'll tell you exactly what's happening throughout the night. Um, goes, are you pretty pumped up uh, from what you're hearing? You know, Izzy, you could tell he just wants the W. He's not even talking about my sixth title defense, although he'll probably say seven because he he likes to include the interim one. Uh, he, he wants to correct this, what had happened, correct the past with what happened with Alex Pajeda owning two wins over him in kickboxing and one of them being a knockout. I'm totally down with the things he's saying. That's what I want to hear from a fighter, let alone a champion. But you know what? To kind of answer your question, 
yes, I'm fired up for the card, but I'm one of those guys that gets really nervous. It's not till about like Thursday that I start to feel a little better. I just want all these fights to, to happen because they're great fights. You know what I mean? And they all have like their own little storyline behind them. So, um, yes, I'm fired up, but I'm in that little phase where I'm a little bit of a chicken too. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, what do you mean? Because just I just don't want anything stupid to happen. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we're going to be discussing some of these topics on spinning backlinks, so I won't have you dive it too deep into Israel Adesanya uh, versus Alex Pajeda. But what do you make of uh, what he's saying? Do, do you at least like the vibe? I, yeah. I kind of do because when you make it personal like that, I think um, it sells and it's just outside the box. Like I get tired of hearing I'm there to cement my legacy or add to my legacy or I want to express myself in the oct- Shut the fuck up. This is a fight. You know what I mean? So many of these fighters just say some of these goofy things now, man. And we keep forgetting that this is a sporting event. Violence is taking place. Like, do you think that in the audience, there's two guys toasting, you know, they have two beers in their hands, two full cold beers. They just went and got their you know, got their uh, their beers right before this fight. And Israel Adesanya and Pajeda are walking out. Do you think these guys are even saying, hey, who do you think is going to express themselves better out there in the octagon or legacy? Like, no, man. Like, on fight night, to me, it's all about the violence. It's all about who can smash the other guy. I want to hear a little bit of that. Now, I don't mind hearing the other stuff because it's true. It's a sporting event. They aren't just, like, um, like it isn't a bunch of it's not a tough man contest, you know. It, it, there are skills involved in this, it is professional prize fighting. So, I, yeah, talking about the legacy, I like to do that post fight or with smart fans for a little while, you know, before the fight, pre fight. But on fight night, man, like I, I just want these guys to go out there and smash, and when they don't smash, it makes me angry. Israel. Um, maybe the fight game is too easy for him at times, and I guess he just doesn't want to lose any brain cells. So sometimes he's out there doing his thing, but I want to see a great Israel, a violent Israel Adesanya performance and win. Because I'm rooting for Israel, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. Where I was hearing things that were kind of bothering me was early on, when uh, when they first kind of brought up this fight, Izzy had this blasé attitude of like, well, that was in a different sport. And, and I get that. And he's absolutely right. It is in another sport. And we'll get to that part too. But I kind of wanted him to show more that, that that bothered him. Like he wanted to right. get that back. And that's starting to come out now finally. Okay. Which means we, the media and fans were right. When we brought it up to him and he would shun it, we saw through it. And I don't know why fighters try to outfox us. You know what I mean? Because they give us the clues as to what means to them or not, you know? And 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 that was those were legitimate questions when he got asked that. Continue. Well, that being said, I hope he doesn't fight that way. You know, like, I don't want him to be stupid. 
Um, you have to remember that before he got knocked out, he was winning that fight, right? So I don't want him to go out there and be a maniac either and, and just get KO'd uh, because he's desperately trying to get one back. I want him to be a mixed martial artist and use all his tools and get that victory. It's kind of hard with a guy like Perea not to get involved in some kind of sh- shootout. It's going to happen. No question is for how long and how bad does is he want this back? You know, is he going to force things? Is he going to be smart about it? I believe that Israel Adesanya can be one of the most, the, the best tactical and smart fighters out there. I don't think he's going to fall into this trap. But if I'm Pahaya, prayer site, I am pushing this angle as much as I can. I'm handing that full pillows, that weigh-ins. Uh, I'm just, I'm hoping I can get in his head. Because, it, it, dude, okay, what I if he get it. It's combat round decision. Huh? What if, what if he wins a boring five round five round decision? You feel like is he's got scoreboard? I mean, in a way he does. No. Still the champ. He's got money. We get it, you know, or whatever. But I still think that this bothers him enough that he needs to go out there and and, and knock this guy out, finish him. Maybe. Um, I mean, he's got scoreboard in MMA, right? But uh, I don't know, dude. There's something about another human being taking you out of consciousness. Versus somebody raising your hand and going, this guy won. Like, that's just not the same to me. I agree. And when Izzy's fights go to a decision, they're never a good look. Here's what I mean by that. Because he's been so impressive in the early part of his career, and he has had some beautiful knockouts, he raised the bar on himself. He's his own worst enemy in that regard. When GSP did it, GSP may not have gotten the knockout, Sometimes he got the sub, um, but he usually decisioned. But the one thing you couldn't say was that he didn't fuck the other guy up. You know, the other guy usually got mangled, you know, pretty bad. Usually that other guy, your cost checks, shields, alves, like they just were never the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few guys got a second shot, I believe it, at, at, uh, so at, at GSP. I know, I know cost check fought him non-title. And then fought him for the title. He earned yeah, it. Yeah, one was kind of on short notice, I think. Yeah, and then Hughes, obviously, you know, because he got that early one, he was able to get after he lost, he was able to get the trilogy. But anyway, um, he beat up BJ Penn so bad that we didn't need to have a trilogy. He beat up Matt Sarah so bad we didn't need to have a trilogy. You know, so I would like for if Israel gets a decision. At least, at least outspar him. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, maybe you didn't get the KO, but I want to see that guy limping out of the octagon, not just you eking out 10 9 wins. I believe that's mine and 90% of people's problems with Israel, and it bothers Israel that we think that. But here's the catch goes I think it bothers Israel, you know, and when he sits up there and, and acts like it doesn't bother him, it does. Most of the time, we, we you know we we, we kind of know what we're what we're seeing and what what the athletes are feeling because we're along for the ride. You tell us all this shit for the last five years that we've known you. you we tell you've told us what you want to do when you do it. You know we're feeling you. You know so we can tell when you're not happy with your performance. We're not. Do, do fighters sometimes think that when they're in there outside of the octagon that everyone's just a muppet? Like it's really. Remember the Muppet Show when there were Muppets in the audience? Like, is that what we are? We're human beings too. Like, we 
We know what it's like. We know what a, a day at the office is like when it's your best day and when it's not. Fighters, pay attention to your fans, man. I'm telling you. Uh, don't get me worked up about this topic, but I'm glad. Back to Izzy, I'm just glad that he does seem to have a little bit of an edge going into this. I would be upset if he won a decision, but kind of talked a little bit smack. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you win a decision, man, just put your fist up in the air. You got your win over a good fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that you could really say too much because he did knock you out. Yeah, what happens is when you go that route, it's going to be your body of work that speaks a lot at the end of your career, right. whether it's at the Hall of Fame induction <laughs> or after you've break it, broken certain records. That's usually what stands, and that's what – it commands respect. There's no way around it. It commands respect, and, and you know, it, you'll be given it. But, um, you know, if you're selling something and not delivering it, we're going to ask, where was that thing you were selling? You know, like, well, it couldn't come. What, what were you trying? That's our question. That's our follow-up. Were you trying? I mean, it, it, it looked like you were kind of comfortable. He wasn't touching you much. You could touch him at will, but you didn't expose yourself to get that finish and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and create that highlight. You know, Israel Adesanya is going to close in on Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva had 10 title defenses. Israel Adesanya has five. He says six, it's five. If he wins, he'll have six on Saturday. Again, we tend to give a little bit more love to the newer generation. They don't have to necessarily break the record. As you get closer, if your competition's been tougher or somewhere along the line, you even got to dance against that legend, which Israel Adesanya did, you may surpass them in some people's eyes, right? But Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, Anderson used to make people look. I mean, he he was a human highlight film. Remember what he did to Fonz? Forest, you know, he the head movement and then boom, he stuck him with a jab um, against Stefan Bonner. He retreated to the cage, you know, and he was telling him he was hitting his own chin. Come on, let's go. Boom, boom, boom. You know, kind of made him look silly. And these are guys that were one weight weight class above. He finished Dan Henderson. He finished Chael Sonnen, you know, both times. Uh one was in the fifth round when he was getting mauled, and then the other one was when he beat him up and then threw that knee in his chest. Um, he beat Yushin Okami. So he he got his fair share of finishes. It, I, I know Israel wants to not only be the pound-for-pound pound best, which we currently have him at USA Today Sports and MMA Junkie. He wants to be a Mount Rushmore guy, and he wants to outdo what Anderson Silva did. To that, I say this fight matters in that regard. All of them matter a little bit. When when it comes time to decide that shit, no, no, I agree. Carlos Barza versus Zhang Wei Li. What are you thinking about the most here? You know, Zhang Wei Li put something out on social media, she scooped up Francis Ngannou, and I bet you the odds went up just on that video alone. Man, poor Carla just can't get respect. She's like the Rodney Dangerfield of uh, MMA. It seems like, uh, but. She's done it the hard way. Eight years in between title reigns. Very likable. Very respected. She's just not anointed as greatness. You know what I mean? Well, she has, I mean, she's got a really good argument, especially if she if she wins here. Like, winning that belt twice is difficult, okay? Especially under the circumstances that she had to do it. 
Um, but here's the thing. If you retire and you can't say you've defended the belt, that's a little rough, I think. That's probably something that would keep me up at night. And I think the, for first title defense, the first time around was uh, Joanna, right? And that was, she got battered in that one. Mm. And something very similar could go down here, man. So uh, I don't know how she would take that. But uh, if you look at overall her career, what she's accomplished, she does deserve respect. But the thing is, like, we've all just kind of known her as that girl that if she gets you down, she can keep you there and uh, she can pound on you. But if she can't do that and has to just rely on her hands, that's going to be a different story. And I, I don't know. Like, I think maybe she can get uh, Zhang Weili down. Yeah. She can get but her down. She can get her down. That's not the argument, though. The argument's this. Can she keep her down? And I don't know if she can. So we'll have to see. But uh, things aren't looking good. I think Carla can not, not only get her down, I think she can hold her down and beat her up. However, I don't know if she can do that for three of the five rounds without getting clowned by Jean Weili because Jean Weili is mm-hmm. strong and powerful with her hands. Jean Weili may try and actually get Carla down as well. But I think Carla can do it. Um, it won't be a beautiful win unless she finishes with some ground and pound and Zhang Weili just can't intelligently defend herself, you know, but it ain't going to be like a, a nice one, two. And then psh, down goes uh, Zhang Weili. Now, I don't see that happening. No, but she's got a specimen in front of her, man. Zhang Weili is a beast. I don't think Zhang Weili necessarily deserves this title shot, but the UFC keeps kind of forcing her down our throats a little bit. I think she's had plenty of title shots and um you know she's unfortunately i mean she did win it but she hasn't been able to stay there but you mm-hmm. know the fight's made the fight's made whatever if we complained about her if i did this was months ago it's made it's gonna be a fun fight and then lastly chandler versus poyer goes does this have a chance to somehow steal the show but neil darius was in las vegas this past week took a picture with dana white but he's clearly said i ain't waiting for no title i ain't begging for no title I just want to stay active. So in a way, he's kind of doing the uh, – he, he's kind of making it easy for the UFC to go, cute, you know, and maybe skip him. At the same time, Volkanovski saying, what's going on? Are we, are we fighting in Perth or what? And Islam saying, sign the papers, we'll do it. But I'm hearing that it, it's it's still not done. I mean, I, I thought that should have been a slam dunk, so I don't know if there's holdup over money or what. But here's the thing. Um, unless that fight gets made in the next few days, the matchmaker meeting is on Tuesday. Could Poirier or Chandler do something so great that <laughs> Volkanovski gets shoved aside and so does Dariush because of, A, their popularity, and, B, they're both former champions. Poirier, a UFC interim lightweight champion, and Michael Chandler, a Bellator, a three-time Bellator lightweight champion. What do you think? Yes, but only for one guy. I don't think they'd do it for uh, Dustin Poirier, but I think they would do it for Michael Chandler. They yeah. seem to have a liking to him. And um, he'd have to do it, though. Because remember, he's going to have one more win than Dustin Poirier, too. Because uh, you, you still gotta, you got the Tony Ferguson win, right? Mm. And if he wins in that fashion, I it's not right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it should happen. Mm. But I could see them doing it. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely talk more about this later in the week. 
And then we're also going to have a few of our media friends and fighters break down fights for us. It'll be part of the whole package for this Saturday when Goes and I do our UFC 281 watch along. All right, it's time to talk to Christian Lee. We'll be right back with the one championship lightweight champion who's looking to become a champ champ. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another MMA superstar. Today we get to talk to Christian Lee, the one championship lightweight champion. He's going to be fighting at one on Prime Video 4, Abasov versus Lee. Why is the champion listed second? That's because he's challenging for the welterweight title. He wants champ champ status. What's going on, Christian? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure. And aside from champ champ status, what else are you accomplishing by moving up and challenging yourself to try and get another belt? Does like is there something else hidden deep within your soul and soul as to why you want to do this, or is it as simple as hey, I just want to be one of those champ champs? Uh, well, you know, when I started off my MMA career, uh, my first goal was always to to be a world champion, uh, and then. Second, always right behind it, was to become a world champion in the second division. I always wanted to win two. So when the opportunity presented itself uh, to fight for a second world title, to fight for the welterweight belt, uh, it was just too good too good of an opportunity to pass up. So um, I'm very excited to have this opportunity. You know, we, we've seen this before, so it's not like the first time, right? But one that stands out recently is John Jones. Now, it's not apples to apples because, to be fair, he's going to go up from 205 to the uh, weight limit of 265. Anywhere in between is where the heavyweights can compete. Now, yours is still 15 pounds, you know, and so it's not like 25 going to 35 or 35 going to 40. You're going 55 to 70. And I know you guys use the hydrated system, but just to kind of for it to make sense out of the uh, the uh, domestic audience that listens to the show. And here's the thing, Christian, you're doing this like you only fought in August. So it's not like we can say, oh, man, he had time to pack on the muscle or or anything like that. Whereas John Jones is on some three year project. And it's almost been three years since he's fought. So there you go. Well, it's so quick. I mean, is this enough time to, for you to be a proper welterweight? Uh, well, you know, I'm just taking um the same mindset, the same approach that I took in my uh, my first fight at lightweight. When I moved up from featherweight to lightweight, it was also uh, straight away for the title. And um, in that fight, I wasn't so much focused on my weight. I wasn't focused on being a big guy in the lightweight division. My main focus was on, you know, keeping my speed. Of course, allowing myself to naturally uh, float up to, to the weight class limit. But... Um, you know, just trying to be to faster than ever, stronger than ever, continuing to uh, work on my cardio so that I was able to have a good gas tank. And um, that's the same thing I'm doing for this fight camp. I'm not worried on uh, worried about being a bigger guy or about being a smaller guy. Um, I'm just training as hard as I can. I've got a great room of guys, great training partners uh, pushing me in this fight camp. So um, I think the key to this fight for me is is going to be the preparation uh it's not going to come down to who's uh who's heavier or lighter there 
Christian, this might be a reach, but maybe I'm on to something. I don't know. You're 24 years old, correct? Yes. So about 15 years ago, 17 years ago, you would have been uh, four? No, no, uh, nine, nine, seven. By any chance, does this have to do with the inspiration of one BJ Penn, fellow Hawaiian who moved up and fought Matt Hughes and made it look easy? He didn't bulk up. He was just a younger, he was just a smaller guy like you, but he was quicker. And I mean, he mauled Hughes. He did it real quick. Do you remember the fight? And by any chance at that time, did you say anything like, man, I'd love to do something like that too? Uh, yeah, I, I remember that fight actually. Um, and if, if you see, yeah, BJ Penn is a good example. Um, he didn't care if, if he was bigger or smaller. Uh, he just went in there and he fought. And uh, that's one thing that I have a lot of respect for is uh, guys like BJ, uh, all the old time fighters. You know, we look at the fighters before there was weight classes. Um, guys like um, uh, I know he's uh, Shinya's coach. Um, if you guys remember his name, y- Yuki Kondo. Yeah. Um, sure. He went up and he fought. In, he fought heavyweights, and I, I think he was like a natural flyweight. Um, so I have so much respect for um, the old-time fighters who would just go up and fight anyone, no matter what weight they were. Um, and that's kind of the the same mindset that I'm taking into this fight. Have any of those fighters ever reached out to you? Have you ever met one of them? And have they ever shared, like, a good piece of advice? No. Uh, you know, I haven't. Uh, actually, I haven't come across or met uh, too many uh, fellow fighters or, or old-timers. Um but I watch a lot of tape, so I like to, you know, study fights. I like to to learn from guys who have who have been in the ring and who've done well and and found a lot of success, and uh, you know, try to mirror the, that their success and see what it is that uh, made them special. Is there a so, bit of a relief to be able to? Go for a second. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that, but I just wanted to kind of keep it in frame with what Goes was asking. I was going to ask it later, but I thought it made sense now. Uh, I, I saw on your Instagram, you know, you guys working at United MMA, Mackie Patolo, who we see here from time to time at Extreme Couture, he's there. And I've often wondered, you know, if there's ever been cross, even if it's just one time or whatever, with you and, and uh, Max's team, right? And I noticed Max liked that picture. So, A, has that ever happened? And, B, could he have been anyone that could ever tell you? Because he tried it. He was unsuccessful. But he tried it. So, yeah, it's kind of like with what Goes was saying. Uh, any chance you guys have run in and chatted about that topic? Um, yeah, actually, uh, me and Max, uh, we, we did quite a few camps together um, throughout the years. Um, him and uh, his coach, Rylan, um, they've come into the gym. I've come, gone into their gym, uh, and we just we train. We train hard. We exchange technique. And, um, you know, we've also got gone into, you know, talking about um, – you know, both of our, our fight psychologies and, you know, what, how we approach our fights and our training camps. And, uh, you know, just a real a great guy, very smart fighter. And, um, yeah, we, we've gotten a lot of great training together over the years. George, are you transmitting with your Dragon Ball Z filter on or what's with your hands Sorry. and these balls of light? No, you know what? It's the sun is going down here in Vegas. So I closed <laughs> all the blinds, but I think some of it is peeking through. Nice. All right. Hey, Christian, so is there a little bit of relief of not having to train for the same guy again? I mean, does that kind of liven things up a little bit in practice? 
Uh, yeah, it's nice having a, a new opponent. Um, for you know, two years I was preparing to fight Oak Rayun. So um, yeah, it is nice to have a, a new opponent and j just a new challenge entirely. Instead of uh, fighting for the lightweight uh, lightweight belt and having a rematch, uh, I'm facing a, a completely different competitor in Abasov. Christian, I know that you guys do a lot of tape study, um, but sometimes you know fighters tell us as soon as that fight starts, man, it's so hard to stick to that game plan because you get wrapped up in that moment, right? How difficult is it for you when you get to that moment and, you know, we lands that first punch or you land that first punch to not just throw the playbook out the window and stay focused? Uh, well, you know, early on in my career, uh, I started fighting at a real young age. Um, it was hard to stick, stick to a game plan. Um, a lot of times when I went into my fights, it was just you know, pure aggression, just, it was just a street fight, uh, basically, you know, I could, I didn't even have time to think when I was in there. I didn't even know what was going on until, you know, until after I was leaving the stadium. Um, but now, you know, 20 fights in, um, I've been in the fight game for a few years now. I'm able to just be calm, just up, approach my fight, uh, like the same way I do in training. I'm able to think through the moment. I'm able to you remember my strategy and just keep a clear mind. And I think that's uh, what has helped lead to my success in recent years. Christian, what you've done already is pretty amazing, but what you may pull off is even bigger, but at a young age, um, are you able to kind of take all that in now and feel every second of just how big what you've done is, or you feel like that's something later on in life when you look back, might might hit you more than yeah i think it's it's something i'm going to save for later on you know probably i'm going to save that for when i retire and i'm done fighting uh because right now when i'm when i'm actively fighting when i'm in the moment um i don't i don't think of myself as anything uh i always look at myself as the underdog as as the challenger and um i always feel like i need to be working harder so uh i'm never never going to be satisfied with my performance until until I've hung up my gloves and I'm done fighting. You know, I was chuckling because uh, you said something about where you've been in, you know, fight or flight mode so much that as you're exiting the stadium, you're barely able to recall what happened. Is, was that just in particular for this one fight or is that just you? Like it takes you a while to, to come down from, you know, uh, I guess being primal. No, yeah, like, you know, early on in my career, I was 17 years old fighting in, in packed stadiums and, you know, against, you know, guys much older than me. I was very nervous. I had a lot of nerves. Um, and a lot of my fights were just pure adrenaline, you know, just going in really uh, like a street fight, uh, letting my instincts take over. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, recent years, actually, when I started finding more success starting in the lightweight division that I was able to calm down, have a clear mind and, and, you know, get rid of that, get rid of that mentality of just going in there and, and fighting and throwing everything out the window. Wow. 17 packed stadiums. I, I can imagine, man, what that must've been like. Um, Cameron Abasov recently attempted to do what you did. He attempted to go up, but RDR checked them. And um, so, what do you think? You know, uh, Israel Adesanya, he tried to move up and fight uh, Jan Blahovich. Have you ever observed 
the you know either those two athletes and and just seeing like do do you think the fighter maybe when they're coming back this might be the time to to pick them off you know because they are technically coming off a loss or I'm sure there's some sort of a letdown what what have you observed uh, over time in situations like that? Um, I think uh, when you look at fights like that um, like the two fights you just mentioned. Um, you know, Adesanya going up to, to fight for the 205 uh, belt and you look at Absov going up to fight De Ritter um, for his, his belt as well um, it's not so much that they lost the fight because they were a smaller fighter or because the other guy was bigger or heavier I think that they lost the fight because the other fighter was better on that night I think that um, even if De Ritter was to fight Abasov at welterweight if he was able to make that weight limit I think that he would have still won the fight so then it comes down to just being a better fighter on that given night and having a better strategy so um the Ritter just closed the distance was able to take him down and uh out grapple him in in every round until he got the finish so um when you see fights like that um it, I don't think it's because uh, and the challenger is losing going up in in weight I don't think it's because they're smaller fighter um I think it's more that uh, the champion in the weight division above them is is just better. Now, just to push back a little bit, Christian, because of course I respect your opinion, but you wouldn't say that maybe Blahovich. I mean, you know that he, he's he's obviously rehydrating to maybe two thirty or or something like that. He's a pretty big guy. Israel, as you know, I think weighed in like at two hundred two, two hundred three. He didn't even maximize, um, you know, the the weight the weight limit there and at, at 85, he's just been so difficult to take down. And yet Blahovich was able to do it. You don't think size maybe had to do anything with, with those key takedowns. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for Israel Adesanya. I think he's a great fighter. Um, but you know, I still stand by my opinion. Um, and you know, going back, if you, if you look at a lot of fighters that had success early on, um, back when there was, you know, bigger weight margins in the divisions, um, you see smaller guys giving up a lot of weight um, and just, you know, tearing through guys. You see guys in the jiu-jitsu scene who are com- small guys fighting in open weight and they're still still able to do extremely well and beat a lot of big guys. So, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that uh, the most important thing in a fight is is your skill and just your, your desire to win and how ready you are for the fight. So... Um, you know, I guess I'm gonna have to prove my theory and uh, you know put put it to to show on the night of the fight. But um, I really believe that the fight is all just based on who's a better fighter. There you go. All right. Uh, one last thing here. I hate to bring this up, but it's I think it's relevant. Um, so many, I would say, 75% of people that I spoke to who either saw your sister's fight or the scores that I saw floating around Twitter had her winning. You know, obviously she was trying to do something uh, legendary like what you're trying to do. Um, how long does it take for, and I know you're different people, but I imagine you are you might even be more nervous when she fights than when you fight. So how long does it take to come down from that? Uh, you personally, as a family, be able to shake it off and then just start to refocus on the new task, which right now you're the next fight uh, coming up. You're the new task. Um, well, you know, I was, uh, you know, first of all, I was extremely proud of my sister's performance. I thought that uh, she did great. I thought she, she fought really hard. And um, she definitely showed in that fight that she wanted to win the fight more. She was 
pushing for the finish. Um, I think she dominated rounds two to round five. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate the way that the fight went. Um, you know, but it, it is what it is. I'm happy that Angela is is at peace with it. She's not uh, letting it bring her down. Um, and she, she knows that she fought hard and that she, she won that fight. So, um, you know, there really wasn't too much negativity after she came back. Um, she was in good spirits. So um, I was happy just to see that she was okay. She uh, didn't have any injuries at all. Um, yeah, and, and after that, uh, I was I was actually preparing for this fight even before she left for hers. So um, between me, my sister and I, you know, we've been fighting. We started fighting so young, uh, and we both started our careers around the same time. So uh, we know we know how the fight game works, and and we're able to just you know put everything aside and, and get to work when it's time to work. So um, you know, although I I really was uh, hoping that the decision would go her way. Um, it is what it is, and I think that if if Angela was the fighter again, I believe that she would win and she would finish her uh, the if they were to fight a fourth time. Um, but you know, other than that, I'm just happy that she's okay. There's no there's no injuries that she took, and um, I was able to get right into training for my fight. I would love to see a fourth and fifth fight between Zhang and Angela Lee for sure. Uh, one championship actually made the fourth fight between Arlovsky and Tim Sylvia happen under their banner. So I, I'm they're open to it, I imagine, because I've seen them do it. So I would love to see that. But I'm glad that you're saying that she's good and she's at peace uh, because, like I see, I agree with you, man. I thought she took down enough rounds to win to win that fight and, and have her hand raised. All right, last question for me, and then goes has uh, one silly one for you. The question I have for you is. As the Lee family's growing, you know, we have a new generation come in. What do you think? Is is the blueprint going to be the same? Get them in martial arts, maybe uh, maybe a future. Get them in martial arts and maybe a future in mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Or would you maybe try and form new paths for uh, the, the next generation? Um. Well, you know, my wife and I, we run United MMA, so uh, I'm in the gym teaching every day. I think it's going to be natural that my daughter is going to grow up to uh, learn how to defend herself, and she's definitely going to train in martial arts, but, um, you know, whatever she grows up and wants to do, I will support her, but I'm I'm really hoping and praying that she doesn't want to be a fighter because, uh, you know, that's the last thing that I would want for her. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now you know what you guys are putting your dad through every time you guys go in there and compete. But uh, yeah, that, you know I, that's why I ask because it, man, it, it's a really, really crazy game. But you guys are are doing as as great as I've ever seen. You know, obviously there's the legendary Gracie family, man. But respect to the Lees and everything you've done. All right, goes is the one ask a silly question. I'm going to ask it. I asked you this before, Christian Lee. Now we got to update the names. All right, Roush Manfio is the latest lightweight champion at PFL. We have Patricky Pitbull, and then we also have uh, Islam Makashev. Remember I asked you this? There was a whole bunch of other new names. If you four competed, who's in the finals, and can you take that tournament down between the four major champions? Uh, yeah, I think if uh, you were to put the four of us in uh, one one tournament, I think for sure it would be uh, me and Islam in the finals. Um I have a lot of respect for Islam. He had a great performance in capturing the the lightweight title, but um, you know I believe that I would win that fight for sure. 
As always, thanks for the time, Christian. We really appreciate it. It's always great connecting with you. Good luck with the rest of your camp. Safe weight cut. Go out there and get that second belt. All right. Thank you, guys. Good talking with you. All right, goes. Well, he seems to have uh, put behind him. I know the Lee family was really troubled by that decision against Angela Lee, but that's in the past. He's focusing on him. He's ready to go. Yeah, I think that's um, it's kind of cool. Like when you look at their ages, they really don't act that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're pretty mature, and uh, she's. We must have interviewed this guy at least ten times, and he, I, I probably never have a bad thing to say about him. He's a really nice kid, and he's got a good head on his shoulder, and he's a good, he's a good fighter. He is. I agree. Doesn't seem like he wants his kids to fight though. but now he knows what the dad feels um real quick just a couple notes here before we get out shane burgos is injured so he will not be facing marlon marias at pfl 10 2022 the finals that kind of sucks i was really looking forward to that fight that's not make or break for me in terms of the pay-per-view it is a pay-per-view i am gonna pull me up i think they deserve it six title fights and you still get julia bud as well uh fighting aspen lad so that's cool I'm sure Marias is going to get a worthy opponent because I think he's still on the card. So just wanted to pass that along. Hopefully Burgos is uh, not injured so severely that he won't be ready for next April when they do their next season. Yeah. Um, You know, I love the fight on paper, but I wasn't too big of a fan of the fact that I think it takes away from them actually meeting in the in the season, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's not the worst thing that could happen, but when it comes to pay-per-view, I think you need every bullet you can possibly put. So I think it does hurt the pay-per-view a little bit. You know what I think that one did? I think that's the one that got people to go, hey, man, I just saw the craziest fight. You got to order this pay-per-view. I, I had that those types of fireworks. I don't even know if it was on the pay-per-view or maybe it was on the pay-per-view. I don't even know, but um, I think it was just one of those that was attractive. Mark Hunt, by the way, at, eight, at 48 years of age, competed for the last time, according to him, in combat sports, he competed in boxing and knocked out Sonny Bill Williams. Vicious KO. Congrats to him. He says, this is it, goes. Do you believe him at 48 years? I don't know. He also said, I can't wait to, I wish I could do that again. But what do you think? I think this is it for him. I, I think uh, I think he's made enough money, and he's going to go out and win. I don't think he comes back. Yeah, and I wanted to say one last thing. Poirier and Chandler both have kind of retracted or at least changed their mind a little bit on Makachev. Makachev, and I appreciate this. They're a fraternity. There's got to be some respect. Makachev was criticized a little bit because he hadn't beaten a top-five guy when he got the title shot against Charles Oliveira. You know, the other guys are like, well, why him? He hasn't even beaten a top guy, but – of course, he goes in there and starches Oliveira. And they both have done interviews uh, where they say, hey, look, respect, congrats, Islam. So I, I thought that was pretty cool to see because so much other dumb stuff happens in our sport that every once in a while, it's it's nice to see sportsmanship. Yeah. Folks, we are out of here. Thank you so much, as always, for your support of the show. We've been doing this for a long time. Every show matters. And uh, you matter to us. So you taking the time out to catch the show two times a week is awesome. But may I pitch a third one-hour 
for you to dedicate yourselves to gorgeous Georgian girls, you got to check out Spinning Back Click on Monday. It's live, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Check it out. We're just going to keep drilling it until it's in your head. For you on the East Coast, that's noon. That's a good way to spend your hour. If you packed your lunch and it's there on your desk, put the headphones on and check us out as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts with our colleagues. And, of course, for those of you uh, checking in on the West Coast, well, for some of you, you're just getting to work. But if you've kind of already caught up on the latest for the weekend and you can work as you listen, then uh, it'll be 9 a.m. for you all. And, of course, across the world, some of you may already be home from your Mondays. So, Check out Spinning Back Click on our YouTube channel live, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. All right, folks, with that, we're out of here. We hope you had a nice weekend. Congrats to the Houston Astros. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all on Thursday. Go out there and be a champion.